Welcome back to Face Off Spot. This is your host, Adam Larson. I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to uh, another episode. I was really appreciated when you guys tune in. I also really appreciate our sponsor at Howie's Hockey Tape Company. If you would like 10% off of your Howie's Hockey Tape purchase, please enter the coupon code FACEOFF10. That's FACEOFF. And then the number 10 into the coupon code area to uh, get your 10% off. Uh, it, helps the, it helps the podcast out, uh, helps out Howie's Hockey, and uh, yeah, we're thankful for them. I am also thankful for my next guests. That's right, there was an est at the end of it. I have two guests here today. Um, I will say I have, well, instead of two guests, I'll go. I have a co-host. He's been on here. Uh, I think we were talking about it. This is his fourth time. Uh, Wayne Johns to my left. Uh, Wayne, you had your own episode early, early on. I want to say it was episode, I always forget this, maybe like nine or ten. Uh, then you also came back on again with Arnie, and then you came back on again with Josh Messick, um, and now you're back again uh, with uh, the next guest that we're not going to uh, to say yet, but uh, this is another co- co-hosting uh, gig for you, Wayne, and I just appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me, and I'm going to start charging you for these. Well, uh, I'm trying to give you like a couple beers. I'm hoping that is uh, well enough. Uh, you just have to make sure that uh, you keep it light and don't get any of the expensive stuff, and we'll get this worked out. We'll be just fine. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, the real reason that we're here today, though, is my next guest. This is his first time on the podcast, which is usually how things go. Um, he is also one of the new co-owners, along with Wayne Johns, for the uh, Mansfield Barracudas. I'd like to welcome onto the show today, uh, Michael Tatum. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Adam. Yeah, and uh, I will say that uh, both Wayne and Michael were able to come down uh, to the spot at Big D Barbecue. Um, I got to give a shout out for that. Um, because this is our venture. This is our restaurant venture. Uh, we just got in a bunch of new uh, bourbons and whiskeys. Uh, come on down. It's 226 North Walnut Creek in Mansfield. Uh, had to use that little time to uh, go ahead and do the, the self-advertising there. Um, all right. Well, Michael, you have to start the show off the same way that everybody starts the show off. Um, I know you played hockey for uh, quite some time, but I wanted to know how you first got interested in the sport of hockey. It might not necessarily be the first time that you touched the ice, but what was the first thing that got you interested that made you think, hey, I want to go do that? Well, Adam, uh, the first time that I ever saw a hockey game, um, I was watching my grandfather and his his kid play on the ice, and it so happened to be a step-uncle of mine. Uh, We were born on the exact same day. He was born at 8 a.m. in California. I was born at 8 p.m. here in uh, in uh, H-E-B, and uh, they were actually playing hockey out at Skating Texas. And ever since that day, I remember we were always talking about hockey. Let's go see the Stars play. We went and saw the Stars play. And ever since then, um, you know, I've been just attached to the game, to the <laughs> sport. It's an amazing sport. Love to play it. been playing since I was six years old. Yeah. Um, so... That was kind of what really got me uh, attached to the sport itself, um, and I just I always I always remember that because he was from Detroit, and they were big Red Wings fans. So of course, uh, yeah, you know, we got to see the Red Wings and the Stars, and there's always that uh, that competition, yeah, uh, that rivalry there. So um, it was a good time. And yeah. Since then, we. Uh, <laughs> We always have that going for us. Yeah, so there was a little bit of, like, northern influence, you know, um, which, you know, coming from Detroit. Uh, but the Stars are your team now, right? Of course they are. Okay, I was about to say. Was, uh, but, you know, it's a little bit of northern influence, never hurt anybody. But, uh, well, that's cool. Can you kind of now talk about maybe the first time that you did get on the ice? Uh, uh, maybe what organization or what rink you started playing at? I don't know if it's the rink that you were just talking about. but uh, And then maybe also what uh, DFW hockey looked like 
um, at that point. I always think it's good to get like a point of reference because people that are listening now, whether it's like parents or players, you know, there's uh, eight or nine different star centers. Each one has two sheets. You got, you know, seven travel organizations and all this. But, you know, let's talk about when you started, what did things look like and uh, what was your point of view at that point? So what I remember when I first started when I was about six, seven years old is that there was only one ice rink close to where we were, mm-hmm. um, and that was Skating, Texas. And um, where where is that located? That was over off the uh, Fort Worth traffic circle. Okay. Um, I think it's a bowling alley now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't remember it, the last time I've actually been over there to see what the building is now, but I definitely know it's not an ice rink. <laughs> um, it had one of those old Zambonis that had the electrical line that would oh, yeah. all the way out to center ice. Oh yeah, yeah, it was an electric and you would get the cord. Yeah, and, yeah uh-huh, and so, absolutely. Uh, definitely had the memories of the Zamboni breaking down all the time at that place. Uh, some of my fondest hockey memories are from skating Texas. Just the ice was just terrible for <laughs> Texas. You know, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, yeah. but it, again, it was still very, very new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I played, I think, a couple like uh, rec seasons, I guess you could say, when I was like my mini might stuff like that, um, out at Skate in Texas, uh, and then eventually kind of saw things grow in the DFW Metroplex where Star Center started to come along. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Valley Ranch was kind of out there, but uh, it was still new at that time, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then Ulysses, they eventually built the Ulysses Star Center, and I think that was. I think I was about nine, ten, maybe eleven years old, mm-hmm. and that was a brand new facility. And uh, realistically, playing out of Ulysses made my dreams even go bigger. Um, and from that point forward, I think I started, or uh, actually, it wasn't Ulysses; it was Nitex. It was Blue Line. Oh yeah, Blue Line. That's uh, what it was called before Nitex. That's. Then we went there. I played Dallas Metro, but at that time, after that first season at Dallas Metro, that's when the Euless Star Center came along. Yeah. And I remember waking up early before school, going to do private lessons with Chris Kostopoulos, Dwight Mullins, yeah. um, and then it grew tremendously year over year in mm-hmm. the DFW Metroplex, and then all the Star Centers started popping up yeah. um, as I was growing up and going through you know, high school, high yeah. school years. Yeah. So. And, and I don't know if you can remember, so I'm, I'm 37, so I was playing travel when I was a mite, so this is, I don't know, 31 years ago, whatever, whatever it was. Um, but we got really excited when the Euless Star Center opened up because they would have the stars practices there yeah and that was super cool for us to be able to go up and they, they had the mezzanine because the mezzanine you know it still exists it existed back then but it was just like next level for us you know coming from tulsa which is a small town we had our own team but it was a chl team but i can just remember any time that we would come we would try and figure out when the stars were practicing watch them and then we would do the thing and you still see it now where the little kids are just hanging out waiting for the players to leave getting the autographs but that was just kind of like you know next level at that point because i didn't realize at any point you could actually see them practice uh, especially in a place that we were getting ready to play at but um i feel like the stars and especially stars back in the day when they first got down here they made a huge impact on people like yourself and myself uh, just because they were kind of the closest, like, you know, big deal NHL team. But being able to actually, like, see them in real time was kind of, it was something else. Like, I was really I was really thrilled when we were able to go to the Eula Star Center. Oh, most definitely. Uh, you know, I, I was actually leading right up into that. You know, I had some, some great friends, some uh, great hockey friends of mine that we would, we would spend our, our weekends, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 
always up at, at Eula Star Center, mm-hmm. um, especially when it opened. And we were always on the ice, getting on the ice when we could. Yep. I mean, I, I, I can't I can't count the days that I spent at the ice rink um, in my younger years. Yeah. Well, you're you're a little rink rat, and they, they those still exist too. And the funny part is, it's like you know, because I work at the rink, so usually I'll have you know, let's say an eight hour shift, and there are some kids that will probably be there for six hours of my eight hour shift. Because the thing is, they look at the schedule and they're like, okay, like it start. There's a there's a youth uh, drop in or a youth stick and puck. It starts at 11 a.m. But then, like you know, an hour and a half after that, there's a public that starts, and that one goes for two hours. But they like plan their day to where they can maximize their ice time, which I think is great, especially if you're wanting to be a good hockey player. But it's another one of those things. It's like, oh, you just like being at the rink. You like being around your friends. Um, but yeah, those little rink rats. Those are the ones that actually kind of end up. Um, they end up kind of getting better a little bit quicker than some of the other people because they're just on the ice all the time. I, so, I totally agree. Uh, I, I can't. I can't remember when there was a time when I was younger being, you know, 10 through, I, I would say probably even 15, right about the time before you get your driver's license. Uh, I think I was always trying to find the stick and pucks, the, you know, open hockeys, the public skates, always trying to get my friends out on the ice. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was what I lived for. It's the only thing I did when I was, when I was younger. Yeah. But it's one of those things too, to where, and, uh, uh, Wayne, you can speak to this too, but. I always looked back on it because I was a little bit of a, uh, what do I want to say? I was a good kid, but I had a lot of energy and I had a hard time, you know, kind of like paying attention. But uh, it was one of those things where I look back on it and I'm like, man, without hockey, I would have probably been in a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? But it just kept me so busy because it's like you're playing rec league. You know, I was playing travel at the time. So really between the two practices, the games on the weekend, I didn't have any time to get in trouble. But I see some kids now. Not saying every kid needs to be playing hockey, but get involved in something. But it's one of those things where it's like, you need hockey in your life. You need to be less bored. You need something that, you know, just absolutely takes all your time. But they were things that I enjoyed. um, But I felt like it kept me out of trouble a little bit. You also got to count in the street hockey games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can't forget the street hockey. That was a big part growing up as well. Oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is I feel like that's how um, I could probably name off at least, like, four or five like neighborhood buddies of mine that I got to start playing ice hockey just by being like, Hey, like I'm playing hockey out here, like in the cul-de-sac. Cause we have this little cul-de-sac, but it's like, I would just get my buddies to play and then they would get their buddies to play. Even if they were like a few neighborhoods down and then it would end up being this huge, like a uh, neighborhood game that was always going on. But it was one of those things to where I almost feel like that's where it starts for a lot of people. It starts on the road or it starts with roller. I think maybe even more specifically like in southern states such as Texas. Now there's ice everywhere, but, you know, like when Michael and I are talking about how it was before, like there were just, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of kids that wanted to play, but the closest rink was, you know, maybe 45 minutes to an hour away and maybe that's too much for those parents. But I feel like now with the way that everything's set up and how much everything has grown, now your closest rink is probably, depending on where you are, no more than 30 minutes away. So I feel like we're lucky now. Yeah, it's it's definitely more accessible nowadays. And then they have all the the learn to skate, the rookie programs. Yeah. So it's also, it's it's very easy to get into it now compared to like when we were growing up. Right. Because like you said, they only had the two rinks, and they really didn't they didn't have hockey classes like yeah. they do now. Right. So it's definitely a lot more accessible, and it's a lot more easier for kids to get into nowadays, which is great yeah. for the sport, especially here in, in southern states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you, you guys are both kind of on the other side of this. I don't know if uh, any of your kids are currently playing hockey, but, Michael, I saw you out skating with, with your kids the other day, and it's one of those things to where it's like kind of a moment where it's like, oh, they're passing it down, they're passing down their, their knowledge, and it being like, you know, 
uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it's kind of a cool thing to see, but now you guys are on the other side of it. Um, do your kids have any plans on playing hockey in the future? Is there any push to get them to do that? Where are we at with that? Are you going to let them decide to do whatever they want to? So right, right now, um, my son, he's the oldest, he's eight. Um, he has shown some high interest in starting to play hockey, wants to go skating more. Um, and of course I'm all for it, <laughs> right. um, yeah. you know, and, and of course he's got some neighborhood friends that, you know, they play football, they play baseball and stuff like that. So I, I, I right now I'm just kind of letting him explore, yeah. um, kind of see what he wants to do most. It, it does seem like he's kind of coming more and more around to the hockey side of things, which is making my heart happy. Yeah. 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 Um, and then I have two other daughters, um, and I have to say right now, I don't think that they're going to be playing hockey. <laughs> it's okay. But uh, I don't know. My youngest, she's two, and she is the biggest daddy's girl. Yeah. And uh, if she is going to continue to be a daddy's girl. You think there's a chance she I might think follow your. a chance that she might follow. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of hopeful. Um, I am still, you know, I'm not giving up on my son yet. Uh-huh. But, um, he has shown a lot more interest lately in hockey, and I am looking forward to it. Um, hoping to get him, you know, more involved and uh, yeah. see how he grows over the time. Well, that's great. It was just, it was really nice to see it. Because to be honest with you, I didn't recognize you with your longer hair now. But I was like, oh, I was like, that guy looks like he skates okay. Like, I wonder, like, where he played. I was like, oh, I know him. Like, you know, it actually, when I got closer, I was like, never mind. I, like, that's just funny. recognize the mullet. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's just not how I remembered you. But I was like, oh, never mind. I was going to try and draft him. But uh, he already knows where he's going here. But, uh, well, cool. Um, I do want to kind of get back into, you know, your, your story here a little bit. Um, at, at what level or what age for you? Um, did you kind of start playing competitively or start to kind of get more serious? Uh, was it in high school? Was it a little bit before that? Um, just kind of maybe talk about your, uh, your later years, if you will. Okay. So when I was, uh, 14, I played for the Dallas Ice Hawks and I remember them. My sister also, who's 11 months older than me, she is a goalie and she played for this team before. And this was right after I finished up playing with, uh, the Dallas Storm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we actually got on the same team together. I was playing up um, a division, an age group. Uh, I believe it was Bantams. Uh, that, and I was, I want to say I was a first-year Bantam playing second-year Bantam mm-hmm. level. Um, and we, uh, we played together through the Ice Hawks season. And I would say ever since after that, uh, my dad kind of did my prospecting for me, right. of course, as you know, any, any dad would, mm-hmm. um, he really went above and beyond, uh, to find me more competitive hockey. Cause Dallas Fort Worth wasn't really the best. Yes. We would go to do tournaments and stuff, but, um, he wanted me to be exposed to more. Right. Um, so I would say about that level going into turning 15, um, I, I started getting out more, doing more prospect hockey, um, traveling to there's showcases across the U.S. and uh, from that point forward, I went and I played for K-Stop as I was 16, uh, turned 16 that season, and uh, play was playing midget midget minor AAA for K-Stop, and then from there, uh, I really wanted to play for Dwight Mullins that following season because a bunch of the kids that I played hockey with the prior seasons. Right. We're going to play for Dwight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Dwight told me that I wasn't ready yet right. to play the midget major level, um, that he thinks that I needed to be a second-year midget minor before I went up to the midget major. Um, and so I didn't want to stay 
and play with uh, with K-Stop. Unfortunately, I went away and I played in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to Colorado, lived with a billet family out there, played midget major, triple A, um, and we ended up playing against Dwight Mullins triple-A major team uh, at a tournament here yeah. um, out in Frisco. And we ended up beating them, which, of course, I was I was thrilled about. Oh, yeah. Um, hey, I have to ask, did you maybe play a little bit harder that game? Not saying you probably don't always play hard, but I would say anything I, special? <laughs> I would say coming away, playing against the kids that I grew up playing with for the past few seasons, um, I definitely would say that I tried a lot harder coming away with five points in the game. There you go. Two goals, three assists. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was very thrilled. Um, Dwight came up to me after the game and shook my hand and, and of course, you know, we we go way back. Used to do private lessons with Dwight back in the day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he shook my hand and he, you know, basically said, great, great job. Yeah. You know, good game. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely a good feeling um, coming back and winning, uh, you know, beating the team that I grew up playing with after, you know, it kind of felt like I was bummed that year. You know, I didn't make the team play, play local. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, um, that's, that's kind of where it kind of grew up through those years and that's when it got really competitive for me um you know right before those years uh i would say i was just having fun Mm -hmm. Uh, um didn't really think too much about it and then once my dad got real serious about it i kind of opened my eyes a little bit more and i was like hey yeah, I need to get serious about this. Yeah, I need to go. I need to do better. And that usually happens in a certain. And we'll put it this way: it's like it. It if you end up going and playing somewhere like you played, I feel like that usually does happen at a certain point. Because I feel like when you're younger, you can kind of just be like, "Well, I'm good at this, and I'm having fun, and this is easy, and I'm having fun, I'm good." And then there's a there's a point where you get challenged, and you're like, oh, "Okay, like for me to continue or to to proceed in this journey, I am actually going to have to." start working harder and this is where things you know and I, I think that that's kind of like always a, a test of any player not saying that anybody needs to there's plenty of like I have a bunch of buddies that they just always played for fun they're very good um but they as soon as they came up against that like all right you're gonna have to do this they're like nah like I'm just gonna play high school and then wreck or whatever so there's nothing wrong with it but it is kind of like there's always a lot to learn and take away from kind of like battling through or kind of like getting serious about something especially at that age because I mean even what you're what 17 at the time probably 16 17 even at that point telling a 16 or 17 year old kid to get serious about anything you know it could be (laughs) difficult so it's one of those still living the dream mom yeah yeah. (laughs) when you get serious (laughs) yeah it's like it's time to get serious it's like all right you know what serious is yet kid but uh no that's good um so I did want to kind of maybe bring this forward just a, a little bit and, and fast forward um, into where you're at before you kind of, um, I use the word retirement, but before you get kind of put out to pasture in the uh, the beer league, if you will, um, can you kind of talk about that transition from going from playing competitively to, all right, I think this is uh, the end of the road here for me and um, I'm still going to play hockey, but uh, yeah, uh, this is maybe the end of, of this competitive streak. Okay. Uh, so shortly after Alliance and then went going to Colorado, I played for the Colorado Wranglers. Uh, that was midget major AAA. Um, I had played another year midget major AAA, but I went to SoCal, uh, Thousand Oaks area, California, played for the SoCal Titans, uh, had a blast out there. Uh, then moving forward from that, I went and played in the AJ which is not, of course, a league anymore, mm-hmm. uh, American Junior Hockey League. Uh, and 
I think there might be a variation of that league now. Oh, there's about all, almost every junior league that exists now is a variation from some other league. I can name you three leagues that don't exist anymore, but also still sort of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those things. Okay, so still, it still exists somewhere. I figured as much um, and just my, my basic research of it. Uh, but played in the AJ. I played a season and a half. Um, and then I came home after that and that was kind of really where I kind of got into the retirement of playing beer league. I did a lot of, uh, a lot of tournaments. Mm -hmm. Uh, we did summertime tournaments in the AJ, uh, a bunch of the teams would basically just get together. It'd be a big junior party, as <laughs> you yeah. could say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and after that, you know, that was kind of where I really fall into that retirement category. Yeah. Uh, I think you could say I probably hung them up for a good two, three years. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't touch the ice maybe once or twice just to go ice skating maybe over the Christmas holiday or something. Yeah. Um, and then I remember the Parks Mall came out with or had ice and I had a friend that was just like, hey, let's go play hockey. You know, we used to play, we used to play high school together. And so I went and played hockey at the mall and I want to say I was 26, 27, and ever since then I've kind of been living that yeah. league fantasy dream. Yeah, you know? well, <laughs> hey, no, there, there, there's nothing wrong with it, and it's, um, I feel like I had a, a similar story. It's just one of those where you play hockey forever, and then once you kind of stop, you're like, all right, like, I'm going to go do other things, not really work. Mine was probably closer to, like, I don't know, three or three or four years, I think it was. It was kind of, I went, I went away to college. There wasn't any ice rinks there, so I didn't play for a while. Then when I moved back home, uh, also not a, you know, it just, it wasn't one of those things that I wanted to do. And I had a buddy and he reached out to me. He says, you should come sub for us. And I said, and everybody says this all the time, well, I haven't played in like three or four. I don't even know if I have any of my stuff. He goes, no, 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 no more excuses. I just show up and just sub for us. I'm like, okay. So, and I do this thing where I'm like, oh, I'm going to be awful. This is going to be terrible. Oh my God. I, I'm, I'm being very loud and I'm sure it was just obnoxious, but I'm being very loud about how terrible I'm about to play and how this is, oh, da, da, da. I went out and played, had a blast, had a lot of fun, and then just continued to play. And now it's whatever, how many ever, I don't know, a decade later, I'm still playing weekly or whatever it is. But it's one of those things to where I feel like even with men's league, it at least, A, Gives me a chance to hang out with buddies, which, you know, you, you, you get to a point where you got kids, you, you know, you got your lady. And sometimes it's kind of the only time to get away. Uh, but then on top of that, it also, I'm not a guy that enjoys, I know we're not all like this, but I don't really enjoy going to the gym. I will do it. But if I can substitute that for like going and playing hockey, I'm going to do that. Uh, so it's almost one of those things where it's like, okay, like I feel good about myself because I at least get out and I do something that is fun. Whereas some people go to the gym and I don't know. Uh, Wayne, do you have anything to say about that? I felt like you perked up a little bit when we talked about the gym. It's okay <laughs> no. to enjoy going to the gym. It's Wayne, okay. I go because my wife makes me. She makes, hey, well, it's probably good. It's probably nice and beneficial. She does it because she loves you and she wants you to live forever. Uh, so the, uh, I can't she, get fat. She'll leave me. <laughs> well, I think you should probably continue to work out then. I, uh, <laughs> but uh, it is still one of those things where I feel like I'm at least going out there, uh, getting my reps in, being able to hang out with the guys. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with uh, with playing a little beer league. But this brings us to the next point. I, I wanted to get to this. There can be kind of a way, and you're going to know where I'm going with this, there can be a way that you can continue to play competitive hockey even in your beer league time. And you guys came across uh, a group. I've, it wasn't the Mansfield Barracudas at the time. It was Fort Worth, right? Fort Worth, yes. Fort Worth. And th at that point, they were a part of Mountain West. 
the first season. Oh, was it Mountain West the first yeah, year? Yeah, it was that, Mountain it's same, West. same thing every time with the junior leagues. Like, it's it's changed names some times <laughs> we started this. But, yeah, and you guys can obviously both speak on this, but at a certain point, there was a, a chance to, uh, A, start to uh, play fit, or check hockey again, which, you know, I always think that that should be like an option somewhere for people to go play. Um, but it also gave you a chance to, when we say getting together, uh, you know, with your buddies after a game, you got to take that one step further and say like, okay, let's travel together. Let's go, you know, do these, uh, you know, these tournaments or play teams in Colorado or Vegas and all that. Um, I was a big fan of that idea from the get-go because these things already exist. Like if you travel up north, they, they usually just call it Senior A, but it's just really, really good hockey players that are older. Obviously at that point, like they either don't want to, or you know, play pro or don't have the the time to do it, but they still want to go and they want to compete at the what would be considered the highest level for uh, a men's leaguer. But I thought it was a good idea, you know, when that kind of came out. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about your, um, we'll say, entry um, into that that type of hockey? Because obviously it's not for everybody. I mean, there's some people like myself that are like, oh, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to, you know, this or that. Um, but there's there's still something about just. Uh, still being able to be competitive. And um, can you kind of talk about your entry into uh, playing? Because then now you guys are like, you know, you have a bunch of close friends that play on the team and you guys really do seem like somewhat of a, a family. But can you kind of talk about how that started? Because, um, yeah, I don't really know. So I can start here and I can say that, uh, you know, the first time that I heard about senior A hockey, I was thrilled. Uh -huh. I, I was after after playing beer league and you know playing competitive A B league beer league here in DFW. When someone posted about it, and that was actually uh, my good friend Wayne over here posted about playing senior A full contact hockey. I instantly messaged him, and I was just like, <laughs> "What do I got to do to get on that team? Because yeah. I want to play some full contact hockey." Yeah, and and it's like you said, you know, we've we have grown into a brotherhood. Yeah. Um. So I I'd have to thank Wayne for uh for posting about uh playing for the Fort Worth Barracudas, and then I'm glad I reached out, and he was just like, "I'll send you Robin's information." Mm -hmm. I was like, "Okay, let's go." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's it literally started off Facebook posts. Like the the Barracudas weren't even a team yet. Yeah, they were just like, if you know how to play hockey, reach out to us and we'll talk to you and start playing. And like, I did a ten minute interview with Robin. Yeah, it's like, well, you sound like you know what you're doing. You want to play for us? Yeah, it's like, all right, posted about it. Tatum hits me up. See, talks for Robin. I think basically the same thing. A little ten minute phone interview. And mm -hmm. That's how we just got a group of guys to start playing together. Yeah, phone interview with Robin. Well, there's no tryout, no nothing. Well, that, that's that's awesome. Because here's the other thing too, because I've spent a fair amount of time, I would say, around you guys. I'm not a part of, of your team, but I've spent a fair amount of time. And it is like the uh, the closeness and the way you guys treat each other. It does remind me of back in the travel days or back in the uh, whatever days of just like, oh, like these guys are like all really close. Like this is like, it seems like, so it's almost one of those things where you get like a little like, jealous you're like man it seems like there's like a bunch of guys and they're all really good friends and they all have each other's back and they're up and it, it's like it's a really cool thing to even kind of like because I, I think I, I what i'm trying to say is i've at least gotten behind the scenes a little bit gotten to know you guys and it is something i can say like man that's like a really cool thing what they have because you could essentially have the same thing but none of the guys really necessarily be friends or like get along but it's just uh you guys are very close yeah it's it's the exact same thing as playing juniors i mean yeah you're traveling you're spending every moment when you're on the road with each other. Yes. I mean, it's a lot of fun. 
And then, you know, us being adults now, we can drink. <laughs> yeah, it's, you get it, do whatever you want to. It's yeah. the brotherhood, man. Brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah, but that I think that's the that's the thing that I feel like most people miss uh, out of the whole thing, you know. And I'm not saying that you still can't get that men's league, but I don't know. It's just a little bit different when you can take trips together and you can be on the road. And um, I don't know. It just it seems like a really cool thing. And I didn't even think about asking this question. I don't know why I didn't think about this before. But how did you guys actually ever meet? Because you were saying that you know uh, he posted something about the barracudas. You saw I reached out to him. But you guys would have had to have known each other before that. How did you guys meet? So we played high school against each other. Uh, well, against uh, each other. Is that a good way to meet someone? Is that, is that how you we become played friends? for Martin. Ooh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah, this is back when Martin and Mansfield were like yeah, big. Yeah. Um, a big, big thing. Big rival. We played against each other. Um, the two the two players from Mansfield that I remember the most were, were Wayne Johns and Don Lee. And we just kind of, we grew a friendship just playing hockey against each other. Really? Um, and then, yeah, I would say... You know, when you it was when you started playing at the Parks Mall, we started playing against beer league. Against that's right, yeah. that's right. And that way, I was about to, I was about to say, Wayne, how many friends have you made playing against people? I feel like that's not usually where you find your friends. <laughs> that's all. <of> them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's good. I just I never realized, but yeah, I did I did hear about those. Uh, I think it's when I had a uh, Skyler. Uh, he he'd been on the, the the show before, and he was kind of talking about the rivalries and how many people would show up at those Mansfield. Oh, they would have cops there. Yeah, Arlington yeah. PD and Mansfield PD would be there. Oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, you don't see that anymore. And it was never really the hockey guys. It was normally always the fans. Yeah, yeah. That, that's fans <laughs> got wild. I mean, it, it was so so with, with the way that it worked when I was playing high school though is that you know we had our high school team. But we were technically not affiliated with the high school, even though we were called literally, you know, uh, Bishop Kelly Comets, which was our school. Uh, they didn't have anything to do with it. Actually, I don't know if I should tell. The, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and tell. But anyway, so what would happen is, and kids don't drink if you're in high school. Wait till you're 21. But what would happen is, is that, you know, a bunch of the kids from high school, they would end up coming to those games maybe being a little bit tipsy because they know that they really couldn't get in trouble with the school because it wasn't a school activity and it technically wasn't sanctioned. So there were, I think a handful of times maybe where the school actually reached out to, uh, you know, the board at that time. And they're like, Hey, like you guys have to stop giving it. Cause there were times we'd end up on like the news, like not our team in particular, but that a high school hockey game had happened and something bad had happened at that high school hockey game. Uh, it was not always our team, but it was something that definitely did happen. Um, but yeah, the, the old, old wild high school days. Cause I'd say we're all pretty much the same age. Um, it's a little bit different than what you see now. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, hey, uh, so we're getting a little bit close on time. I want to make sure we kind of uh, get to everything here. But uh, I did announce you guys as the new co-owners um, of the Mansfield Barracudas. Um, what does the future hold? And um, first of all, congratulations on starting this again. Um, but what does the future hold? And why did you guys decide that this was something that needed uh, to continue. I'll let you take the reins on that one. <laughs> well, well, thanks for bringing that up, Adam. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is a new adventure for, for Wayne and myself. And, uh, you know, we have a couple others that have committed to uh, coming on board with us to help us move things forward with the Barracuda organization as a whole. Um, you know, right now, uh, it's simply because we love the game. Mm -hmm. Simply, we want to continue to, to play. Um, and unfortunately with, you know, the CLH not playing this year, um, you know, all the players that are on the Barracudas are hungry. We're ready to play. We're ready to continue playing. 
And, you know, if that's just getting out a few weekends uh, this year, this upcoming season, uh, that's, you know, that's what our plan is. And then hopefully we'll come back in 2024, 2025 with a stronger, more full season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, eventually after that, you know, as my as my son grows older and has grown more interest into uh, hockey as a whole, as a, as a sport, um, you know, our, our plans is, you know, we're not going to be playing forever, right? You know, I'm not going to be, you know, playing senior A hockey at 45 years old. I can tell you that. Right. Um, but, you know, maybe we can grow this into something to where we can have more of a top tier elite travel team for a youth a youth program. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying full out have every age group there is, um, but maybe do two or three top tier elite, you know, 12U, 14U, 16U or you know, maybe just start out with one one top tier team and the and see kind of how we can grow it from there. Yeah. Um, right now, we we really just uh, were in the beginning stages of trying to formulate a game plan to move that forward. Yeah. Um, but you know, overall, the game plan is to to give back to the to the youth organization and as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're looking forward to is uh, you know giving back to the community and hopefully grow into something more than just senior A hockey. Yeah. Well, and another cool thing, and that was very well said. No, you're very good at this. Um, but I, one of the things I think about though is like, just like um, if you pick your Barracudas team, I don't know, pick the from the last season you guys played. Even within that locker room, let's say there's what twenty some odd players in that locker room. The experiences in that locker room range everywhere from top level juniors to D one call. You know, just the the experience that's just within that one locker room. Not only that, but like you know, your locker room is comprised of guys from all over the country. You know, it, there's just, there's a lot of, if you were going to do something like that, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you would have a good base for, for, um, for, for setting that up, for having coaching or for having good ideas or for having, cause just the amount of hockey knowledge and skill within just your locker room, uh, it's just, there's not a lot of places that would have that, if that makes sense. Or a lot of teams or a lot of organizations or a lot of, I mean, if you think about even like a single travel organization, all right, you might think you have. As far as head coaches, you might have five to six head coaches, you know, their experience could range a little bit, but if you have like 22 guys, you know, on a, on a, uh, a team like yours, uh, we'll call it a senior eight team. Just, there's a lot to offer a youth program from people like that. You know what I mean? And it's one of those things, especially if you become like involved in the community, you know, there's chance to do camps and other things, but you know, the, the experience that's in that locker room is invaluable to a degree, especially if you're trying to create uh, a community, you know what I mean? Which I think you guys have done a really good job about. And I was kind of excited when you guys went to Mansfield, you know what I mean? <laughs> Step forward, like Mansfield, you play out of Mansfield, like let's just be Mansfield. But um, you guys have done a lot for the community. I know that you guys even worked with like the Mansfield High School doing some things. Um, most of the um, fundraising things that you would do were located in Mansfield. But I like that there is that kind of uh, a team like yourselves and the experience that that team has uh, located in Mansfield. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, well, uh, we appreciate that, Adam. And, uh, you know, it, it's all about networking. And mm-hmm. like you said, we do have a lot of uh, hockey wisdom and knowledge in that locker room alone. Um, you know, we do currently have players on the Barracuda hockey team that are already coaches. Right. Uh, you know, Arnie Asuna, Sawyer Stenchfield, Kevin Ely. You know, they're already already stepping one step further beyond that CUDA organization. And, you know, testing their limits on, you know, trying to give back to the youth organ- or youth uh, hockey overall as a, in the DFW. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's exactly what we're looking for. You know, we all know that we're not professional hockey players. You yeah. know, we've all played top tier. But 
you know what we're here for is we're here for fun. We're here for a good we're not time. Professionals. Don't, don't take it. <laughs> semi, semi-professional. Take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is sort of professional. Yeah, we're we're, we're somewhat. Yeah, yeah you're I good players. Um, and, and just you know, have a good time. Get something you know for our kids to look forward to. You know, yeah. our our kids already love hockey. I know Wayne's kids love hockey. They love watching Daddy out there on the ice. I know my kids are the same way. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that's really what we're looking. You know, as far as future for the organization as a whole, is we really want to build on something to um, to give back. And you know, if that's you know, say a, a bunch of us get together and you know, we all are uh, putting together a a team, like I said, for a top tier, you know, 14 or 16 U team um, to, to come in and, and really, you know, bring some kids in. We have that network to do that, right. um, you know, and, and that's that's what we're looking forward to. No, well, I think that everything sounds like, yeah, everything sounds positive. It feels like positivity. It feels like growth. It feels like, I don't know, all the good things that, you know, community should be about, especially hockey communities. So I, uh, I applaud everything that you're doing. I've uh, been a big big fan of all of your guys. Um, I don't know since since I've just I've really enjoyed and, and loved this idea. Um, even though I'm not brave enough to actually uh, do it like you guys are, but um, I don't know. We got a spot for you, Adam. Yeah, I know you Feel keep saying come skate, and then I and then I always say the same thing. I'm too old. I always say that I'm too old. Never and too I, old. And I know I know you're right, but at the same time, I uh, I haven't. I, I don't even think I own. You just I, talked about how you like the idea of you know. I love the idea contact. for somebody like myself that is like five years younger. I would love it for <laughs> uh, somebody like myself that was just nearly two years older than me. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> this is crazy. Um. But yeah, you guys are just you're tougher than me. I'll go ahead and say it. Um, no, I do think it's great what you guys are doing. Uh, maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I can hop out and practice maybe at some point. It would be cool to move around a little End bit. Month. You guys have a practice, uh, right? 26th and 27th in Mansfield. Really? We're going to try to get some ice. We, we already have the ice time. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, there's a, there's a time. I might try and show up. I'll talk to you about it after the show. Um, all right. Well, hey, this is the last part, as Wayne shakes his head. He says that he doesn't think I'm going to do it. Um, this is the last part of the show. Wayne has probably done this, I don't know, this is probably his fourth time to do it. But it's called the shout out. There are rules to this. Um, this isn't, you can't just say anything you want to. There are rules. It has to be positive. Uh, some people use the shout out for uh, a time to shout out friends and family. Some people have like a mantra, like a life mantra or a coaching mantra. Um, one time, let's see, this is, uh, this will be episode 138. Uh, one time somebody did a sound. So sounds are allowed as well. Um, it just has to be positive. Um, so that's a long way of just saying that has to be positive. Um, are you guys ready to be positive and say something positive? Um, Wayne, you have to go first because you're the co-host. You got to go first. Yeah, you're, you're, you have to I'll, go first. I'll give a shout-out to my wife sitting back over there in the corner. And then also I'll give a shout-out to uh, Bo Fulton. Yeah. Congrats on the, the birth of his new son. Oh, okay, there we go. All right. Well, well, Wayne just took, just took Wayne just took mine. Yeah, I was about to say, I could just completely see like, oh, man, come on, man. Uh, yeah. He be, so that's the only bad part about somebody being able to go in front of you is if they have your shout out, which usually doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah, this, this happens every once in a while. But congratulations, Bo Fulton. Let's see a shout out. What you got, bro? Put me on the spot. This oh. is part. This is part of the thing. This is this is the only. I feel like it's the only uncomfortable part of the whole podcast because it's uh, 
it's really just it's just whatever you want to say, whatever you want to vocalize, uh, whatever you want to well, manifest. Well, Wayne, shout out to his wife. I feel like I got a shout out to my wife. It's a safe bet. Yeah. My wife's going to be listening to this probably at some it's a, point. It's a safe bet to go. So I'll give a shout wife. out to my wife, my kids. Um, they they complete me. Uh, they're they are my entire world. Yeah. Um, but I I will say this that you know it's just for everybody who's listening is you know no matter what you're going through, adapt and overcome. You guys can get through this. Yeah. Well, hey, I've, yeah. See, no, but that's good. But the best ones, the best ones are like, not to say that you can't, I ramble on more than anybody, but the best ones are short and sweet. And the ones that are like, oh, yeah, oh. That was a good one. That was a good shout out. Thank you. That was a very good shout out. Wayne, thank you for your shout out again. Very smart to your wife because she's here. Especially if I'm like, yeah, anybody important that's important to you, friends and family, anybody you want to shout out over there. <laughs> so it's probably good you picked up on my cue there. Uh, you're welcome. Um, anyway, I have to do this too. Um, and I don't try and think about this too much, and I definitely have not up until this point. Um, but I am going to go... My shout-out is going to be for people that are creating greater hockey communities anywhere. I was going to specify to DFW, but instead I'm going anywhere in the world. Um, I do think there are groups like uh, Mansfield Barracudas. Um, like I said, I don't think... Do either one of you guys do this for the money? There's no money involved. See, there you go. There is no money involved. So we, we spend our own money. Yeah, I was about to say. So you spend your own money doing this. And I think that the, what you will find, though, is that you end up benefiting, um, you know, the future of the sport. And you end up benefiting the community that you're in and that you like. Um, so I think that anything like what you guys are doing uh, that can benefit. And the other cool thing is, and I did mean to bring this up at a certain point, is the young kids love it. They love the Barracudas games. Yep. They absolutely like. They love like the. They love the physicality of it. They love that they can actually get to like meet you guys. Like they do the whole thing. Um. And I, I think even part of that is like, all right, like you're positively benefiting, uh, the future of hockey and in, in the community that you are in. So yeah, my shout out is going to be, not just specifically for Mansfield Barracudas, but for anybody that is doing things, like you guys are doing, uh, which is not for yourself, not for benefit. There's way too many people that I feel like are trying to benefit financially from hockey down in DFW, and it's very difficult. Like, if you're in it for that, like, it's probably not going to work out for you. You should probably just do things because um, if you really love the sport and the game, you're just going to do things to make it better, and uh, you're going to be happy because of that, and it's not going to be because of money, and you guys don't make any money. so Can't put a price tag on it. Just like this podcast. It doesn't make any money. I just <laughs> I want to do it because I think it's fun, and I do think it is beneficial uh, to people, but sometimes that's what you got to do. Um, but yeah, I like what you guys are doing. Well, we appreciate it, Adam. Yeah. And I appreciate you guys coming down, uh, to the spot, which is at 20 or 226 North Walnut Creek. Uh, it's the spot at Big D Barbecue. Come in, get your barbecue. Uh, we have beer, wine, uh, liquor, uh, cocktails, all the things that you might need. Um, that was just a little bit of self-advertising there. Um, I do need to tell everybody how to get a hold of us. Did we miss anything before I do this? I think we covered most things. Can I just say one thing, Adam? You can definitely say one thing. I will say, if you guys like whiskey, they got a great whiskey selection. Yes. if you do, Yeah, we just ordered in a bunch of whiskey. Uh, please come and have it. I'm still learning. I had, uh, Michael was uh, teaching me, like I, I drink whiskey, I enjoy it, uh, but definitely not the connoisseur. But uh, I promise if you come in at that point, I'll be much better read on all of them. Um, yeah, I might try all of them before you get here. Uh, pray for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, we do have a, a good whiskey selection here. Um, but, uh, anyway, how to get a hold of us. So you can find it at faceoffspotpodcast.com. I'll say that one more time. It's faceoffspotpodcast.com. Uh, we have a Facebook, we have an Instagram. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes. 
yeah, I think that's most of the places that you can find us. Uh, big shout out again to Howie's Hockey Tape Company. Uh, FaceOff10 is the coupon code that you can use to get 10% off of your Howie's Hockey Tape purchase. Um, thanks again, boys, for coming on. I will see you guys this season, maybe even out on the ice. Uh, I have to get, let's see, I don't wear elbow pads. I don't wear ice pants. I don't wear, uh, I need equipment, I think. Oh, I don't have shoulder pads. I don't have any of the gear required, but maybe I will, and I'll see you guys out on the ice. Sounds good. We appreciate it. Sounds good, man. All right, later, boys. All right.